Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. No, we're not those type of people that wear the same clothes all the time. If you're just now watching, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, which is one of the many formats that you can uh, hear us on or actually see us. um, We actually decided because the topic was so long and we (laughs) got over an hour and we're trying to keep it at an hour that we were going to record the first three questions. uh, and, And look at that. See? Already getting problems with the video there, Ed. <laughs> um, yes. There's Murphy. <laughs> but we decided we would record uh, three and three. So we do an hour on one side, hour on the other side, make it two episodes. Uh, and we've done this multiple times, Ed, I think in the past. We kind of did this one on the wing. Uh, so, anyway, looks like yes. your, uh, your audio and visuals back to where it was. Looks Ish. like you're doing okay. Uh, yeah, no, it is. I got to figure it out. It's weird because you use the GoPro as a webcam, and I, I have the nine, and the picture is really good, but it doesn't seem to. You can adjust, like I think it's recording at five K. If I brought it to ten eighty, it would probably record a little smoother. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, and mm. this is just I did a bunch of research because I have a GoPro five. <laughs> My GoPro five. Um, I have to plug all kinds of crazy stuff in, uh, but I did a lot of this stuff that I had read was they said, Hey, record it in the 1080p. Uh, yeah. you can go down to 720, but that's not recommended. They said 1080p 60 frames per second, mm-hmm. something like that, or 60 frames, whatever the 60 frames one. Um, that's the most ideal for something that we're doing. If we were like trying to film like a special type of video or whatever, you'd obviously change it. But what we're doing is best settings for the webcam. What I saw. Of course you have the high tech nine, which is like four above mine, so way better. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) I I think it's still the same idea like uh because the software and stuff has to be able to support it too, right? Uh, the speed. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you said five k. Yours is does five k. Yeah, I believe so. Four k, five k, probably four k. Yeah, four k. That's that's like that's really, really, really like high definition. You know, <laughs> we won't need that. We don't need it. We don't need to see that much of it. Okay, no. So, <laughs> you know, just saying. Yeah, uh, I think mine does like four k also, but it's not. It's not no, not good. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. It does take, it takes a nice picture. I've taken some pretty nice pictures off of it. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when you travel around, we all this traveling around. You've been, yeah, doing? like the Acropolis. I went out there in Athens and it took some goings. And you look forward to right. very soon going there again, but this time with my wife. So, are you going to, are you going to take the GoPro and actually do some videos and stuff? Do some video lives? I don't know if we're going to do lives yet, but I am going to take the GoPro because now I have this like casing with a handle. You put the GoPro in and it's got a dome. So when you go underwater, it keeps the water away from the lens enough to get like those kind of, you know, those pictures where you'll Mm -hmm. see like half underwater, half at the horizon. And right. We're doing some snorkeling. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. I really need to start editing some of that stuff. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, hey. 
Uh, there's all kinds of different free. Ed- Actually, I was just talking to a buddy uh, this past week because he started his own YouTube channel and he's uh, he's been recording things with just a GoPro, like just like we do. Um, and he's starting to do those things. And he's like, well, "I got to find the right editing." There's, I can shoot you a list. There's a whole group of n- good editing software that's completely free, and you don't have to worry about like paying out, you know, shelling out money. I for our stuff, I really I just use iMovie, man. Um, yeah. on my macbook so it and it does a, i think it does a good enough job so but i the reason i say this ed is because i want to i want to live your experiences vicariously through your youtube uh your video sharing yeah. that you do on facebook so yeah, i mean just, i do like know. to take some some good video. I, I got a, a little trip coming up here shortly but i've been there to vienna before but vienna is actually a really nice city so yeah yeah, I mean, it's a good idea, though. Like, you, you go on these trips, you learn everything, and then the next time you go, which, because you go everywhere, like, a hundred times, <laughs> it seems like, uh, you're, it's easier, easier for you to kind of explain the stuff to the viewers, those people who are watching and stuff um, on your Facebook page, which you can be found on Facebook and uh, right, all yes, the other can. platforms. All um, these other ones? Yeah, no, so speaking I, took of, a, I took a running video one time. But you can hear me. It's like I'm running, and the picture is kind of pretty stable, but it's like. (laughs) 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 So then I did time lapse, which made it a little better because you can't hear me on the time lapse. I've also strapped it to the poodle. So I have this, uh, it's called the fetch, but it's not Mm -hmm. meant for such a small dog. So she's running along with this thing on her back, and the camera's doing. (laughs) There's no stabilization going to hold that. So now let's flip it. But. She worked like a little. Uh, she worked like a little tripod. She sat and she had it on, and the wife and I got together, and then we just told it to take a photo, and it took our picture from her perspective while she was really? sitting there. Uh, a picture of you all of from her. Yeah, it was on her back, but it, she was looking up at us, and so you just tell GoPro take a photo, and it took a picture of us from her perspective. That 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 you know, that's funny because we talked about the other person's perspective on the last. Episode. We did. Yeah. What did you? You should have brought that up then. That would have been way better of an example. Yeah. That that, that's exponential learning right there in itself, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, man. Through yeah, the eyes so, of a poodle. Uh, <laughs> through the eyes of Patton. Um, <laughs> that's a. I bet you there's a book somewhere out there. Through the eyes of Patton. I would have different it. type of Patton. Um. No, it, so you, you. <laughs> like, I'm just laughing because uh, I can just imagine the dog sitting there staring at you too, yeah. and uh, then takes the picture. Um, but you brought up um, with the perspective thing, and we we went over these things early. Uh, well, the last episode we went over basically we went over three different areas uh, that we ask, say we ask questions of. One was basically kind of like you know figuring out another the other side's perspective, how they see you or how they see how mm-hmm. you interact. And then we also kind of went over learning from everyone. It, you know what can you learn from your leaders? But you know we also included in that what can you learn from everyone around you as a leader? Because lifelong learning is the key. And the final was assessing yourself. And assessing yourself was uh, to me that was like that that's a key block that people. Uh, don't always do enough. You know, you do want to tell yourself you're good at this. You're doing great. You know, you want to do like words of encouragement to self, but at the same time, you got to be honest with yourself. Like, am I, am I actually doing a good job? Uh, no, I feel like I'm not doing a good job. There's gotta be yeah. something I could be doing better. You know, there's something, um, which, to, I'm sorry. 
There's no, something yeah, to be yeah. said for being your own worst critic. Uh, I think that when it comes to leadership, that's not just a saying. It needs to be a thing. Like you got to, what is it I'm doing wrong? Is it, you know, because how, how, you can't improve if you don't identify. And we talked about how evaluations are so skewed that, you know, like me and, mm. is, you know, walking across the waters, like me and Moses and, and Jesus, it, it doesn't work. So we need that perspective. We need to understand that I can't develop as a leader if nobody's telling me what my shortcomings are. You know, I think I'm perfect. No. And then I'm not. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a heck of an example of, you know, <laughs> I'm not like those other two that I brought up, you know? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, in, 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 in all sense, we, we can compare ourselves to others, but we really shouldn't so much compare ourselves to others as much as we should compare ourselves to ourselves, right? Um, yeah. and, and making that, that really good assessment. But we're going to move on to a, like three more questions or areas to talk about, right? And yeah. I want to say you let us off on the last one, which was the assessing of self, was really good. But let's go to number four. We're jumping right in this. We're nine minutes. Hopefully we'll make the full hour. Who knows? Um, but it's learning and assessing your team. So Ooh, yeah. I'm not a I I can tell you right now, Ed, I'm not an effective leader or a good leader, in my opinion, if I don't know my capabilities of my team. Because how do I know what direction to take them if you know if we're doing this, this, and this, but we need to go over here? Uh if I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on, everyone, you know, everyone on your team has known and unknown capabilities, the author says. Known and unknown. Our job mm-hmm. as the leader is to highlight the known and then assess and then reevaluate the unknown as they continue to build and grow. The strengths, the weaknesses, things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some things, they aren't so outwardly obvious. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, I've had guys come into my office, well, in my last organization and be like, Hey, I want to learn more about this. So they basically that and uh, Ruben was one of the guys, he would say, Hey, how do you do this? And I'm like, well, I go through this, this is, and I whiteboarded a bunch of stuff with him and we talked and, uh, I was impressed with the fact that he knew that that was not one of his strengths that he wanted to increase his capabilities in and he sought help. Right. To me, that's, that's a big thing. You know, um, I don't want to get too, too far in cause I know you got some things on your mind, man. What do you want to go with here? <laughs> well, first of all, Brian, this is another different way of saying something we've covered before in an episode. This is just, to me, this is talent management. And Ooh. I think for you yes. having been a first sergeant, I think this is so crucial to you you know, because it helps you identify those people that have talents to improve your organization. So if you need, you know, whatever it is, if you need a a clerk, somebody in your orderly room, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and you have 42 alphas, you're not going to put them in the motor pool. You want them to be there or outside of just their military job. You know, some people have some skills outside of there. So if your family readiness group wants to have a bake sale, but you have a soldier who takes culinary classes, maybe that's an excellent person to contribute to the bake sale or to lead it from the, from the military side to help with the you know family readiness group. So those are those hidden talents that they have outside of that or, I remember when we were at the academy, a young man showed up and we found out that young man 
came from working for the Armed Forces Network here in Europe. And what did we do? He made a video, <laughs> right, talking about the new curriculum yes. because we identified yes. that talent in him. And then we took, we used that talent, and he, it was something he loved. It wasn't like he didn't want to do it, uh, but we use it for the better of the organization. And I think that that's part – it's a big part of this, right? And then uh, in the article, the author says this, and I, I wrote this on the board. And I'm going to tell you word for word here. Knowing your people, motivations, and interests will make people feel valued and people who feel valued in their organization work hard to see it succeed. So this mm. is that pride in the organization you're a part of. I mean, Brian, you and I both know that when when we were at the academy, those cadre who were very into being at the academy, you recognized that they they loved sharing their experiences with the soldiers and they wanted that uh, curriculum and stuff to thrive. And yes. so those are the type of yes. things that really just basic talent management comes down to is these are the things that my people are good at. Here's how I can leverage those things. Here's how I can motivate them using their interest. And then now I make them feel like a valued part of the team and they take pride in the organization and build more mm-hmm. leadership capital. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you you mentioned you, you read that off about the um uh, you know motivating people and all mm-hmm. the, the last sentence I think it was key right there too invest in people they pay incredible dividends uh, I want to take that I want <laughs> I want to take that a certain direction I brought up a guy named Ruben um and let me tell you that phenomenal guy I love the guy to death uh and it's not I don't like I don't like he's not a friend or anything he's he was somebody I work with he was a subordinate it's just somebody that I respected. So there we were, uh, my commander and I, we were in a Afghanistan and we approached, uh, it was some phase maintenance going on on an aircraft. Uh, um, and he wasn't in charge of that section or in charge. He was not in charge of them. He was the quality control. So his job is just to verify they're doing the things that need to do correctly and then to sign them off to say, yes, they did them correctly. But that wasn't what caught our eye. What caught our eye at is he had gathered a group of them together. This is on his own, his own accord. He gathered a group of them together and was showing them, hey, this is how you do these steps. This like he was showing mm-hmm. he, he it was he had the manual out there, the book. He had the 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 part was there, he had the soldiers around. He was pointing to them of what to do, allowing them to do it hands-on as he's guiding them through the steps and when we when we approached and this was i would say this was uh my commander's first real impression of ruben at the time so we were constantly walking around looking at all these guys and see what they're doing guys and gals by the way um and we i looked at him i looked at him and said this guy needs to be in charge of a section he doesn't need to be quality control right now he yeah. knows his job in quality control. He needs to be leading these soldiers. He's a leader who knows his job, who can lead them even better. And so basically, because of that, because we were able to assess the team and we could say, hey, this is the talent we need for this location, this so and so and so forth. Um, when we when we returned from Afghanistan, because we didn't want to we didn't want to tear a team apart, or I wouldn't say tear apart. We didn't want to dismantle the team in a in a sense while we're actually into the mission or doing what we need to. Once we returned back, we made some moves around and we put Ruben in charge of that section. And I will tell you, 
he was making that he, he and I think he still is. Um, I'll, I'll probably send him a message, say, "Hey, man, how things are going?" <laughs> um, but he was making that organization money, right? We don't okay. So in the army, we don't make money, but when we say we're making money, it means yeah. he was actually producing, and he was producing exponentially <laughs> through his leadership styles. But this is the same guy that would just knock. I'd hear a knock on the door, you know, just and all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, come on in. You know, sometimes I have it closed, um, but no matter what, I'd always have people come in. And he would, hey, you know, you got a minute to kind of, that's that got a minute. Remember that part? Um, He's like, I want to bounce some stuff off you. I'm like, no problem. So then he starts asking me questions on this. And I was was even more impressed. The fact that he knew that we had a, a, a massive amount of confidence within this soldier, within him to lead these soldiers that he didn't want to just stop there what we knew about him. He wanted to increase his capabilities by asking. You know, one of the questions was is how do you communicate effectively? That was his question, Ed. He yeah. asked us that. Asked me that. How do you communicate effectively? I'm like, uh, buddy, I don't know, but uh you figure it out. No, I didn't say that. Um <laughs> uh, but Ed, I wanted to I wanted to jump back to something that we were discussing here in the, the in this tep this area. There was a question asked and I kind of want to hear your opinion on this. Ask yourself, what things don't I know about my people? How do we do that, Ed? Do you, is there a way in your mind that you, like, what are the things I don't know about my people? Well, how do you, how very, do you, I don't think it's very complicated. Uh, so this is where, you know, first of all, it's in our creed, right? I know my soldiers. Yes. It's yes. in our creed. But this is yes. general conversation, man. Hey, like, you know, um, you know, so I'm in a unique situation. It's just me and a captain. That's all I have. The rest are uh, some civilians, some local national Germans. But her and I sit in the office together and we just chat back and forth and you learn about them. You know, um, I remember I did a TDY with her before she worked for me. Her and I did some traveling together and I put on, don't judge, the Pitch Perfect soundtrack. And she starts singing, and I'm like, wow, you can actually <laughs> sing. But so, you know, I'm like, oh, you can actually sing. And she says, oh, I was a music teacher before the military. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? So that's a basic example of I learned something about her just through just through conversation. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of my peers, my current first sergeant and I go to the DFAC. We went to the DFAC, and we have lunch once a week, sit and talk to her. And I've learned more about her, and I've known her for a couple of years now. And and then we have another mass sergeant that I go to lunch with. But So that's my peers. Um, like I said, I don't currently have junior soldiers, but I do have a few that they recognize me from whatever. One in process with me, it's young staff sergeant. And I go in her office and sit with her and just talk. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to Fort Eustis. I'm going to be an instructor. And I'm like, well, I was an instructor. You know, here's some things. Here's some information. She's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was there before, but I was on a special detach. So you just general conversation, taking a minute to talk to people uh, yes. goes a long way. And and using uh, open-ended questions just goes a long way in learning more about your people around you, but especially your junior soldiers. I think you as a first sergeant, I would argue probably – because uh, I know my current first sergeant does it, I guarantee you've talked to every soldier you could in your formation. Uh, 
and, and just general stuff. You know, we we talked about before the where are you from because we're looking for a common connection, or where have you been stationed because we're looking for that that human desire for a common connection. But mm, as a first yes. sergeant, you have to. You go to the range. Soldiers are smoking and joking, and you walk up. First of all, you're the first sergeant, so they're already like, "Oh, first sergeant." But then you say, "No, no, relax." Like, uh, "What you what you doing this weekend?" Or, "What you know? Hey, what, what where did you go last weekend? Did you hang out? Did you go to the beach?" And that's how you learn. And then that's how you learn, you know, Schmuggatelli's a surfer. Yeah, I went to the beach last week first time. I was surfing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you surf? Well, that's interesting. How long have you been doing that? Well, since I was little. So just those things help you, Brian, with that uh, learning yes. more about the people around you and your organization. And I knew you were going to go with that. And that's why I, <laughs> I wanted to hear your point on it. Uh, <laughs> because we think of it the same way. And you were correct. In the NCO Creed, it's I know my soldiers. I always place their needs above my own. Uh, and maybe we'll go, maybe we should go over the Creed sometime. You know, as part of a show, just kind of see what people think. Because um, there's going to be a lot of people that listen that have probably never heard it, and and it's I think it's a great thing. It's not it's not perfect, but it's definitely a guideline that helps us out. But what mm-hmm. I wanted to hit upon, um, you talked about you have to basically create conversation. Mm-hmm. To me, and this is what helped me. This has helped me. So, you know, that's the whole, hey, you can learn from other things, but is evaluating people or assessing. I'm watching. I'm always constantly watching and hearing. I'm listening because I may hear something a soldier says or see something a soldier does. And I got to I got to throw that back in my uh, my memory. Right. Because I may have to have an interaction with that soldier. And then one day and this is what always gets them. I, I love it. I'll be like, hey, you know what's going on? Hey, remember that time you said blah, 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 blah. You did this and this. Mm-hmm. Why was that? What, what was your opinion on that? Why did you think that way? And you'll see like this light click. Like he noticed me or he noticed what I had to yep. say. Those are the type of things, Ed, that that soldiers, they, they notice those things. And not just soldiers, anybody. Right. So, yep. and that's, I had a conversation yesterday uh, with a gentleman. Uh, we, they had this, uh, this opening summer thing. So the COVID thing is really, uh, it's opening up a lot more stuff here in the El Paso and Fort Bliss area. So we're able to do more things. And they had this thing where they had all these big inflatables, it, literally a park, not even a hundred meters from my house, right in front. We have this huge <laughs> park over here. And they had a bunch of inflatables with the water slides and a lot of stuff for kids. And I, I, I will tell you, I was kind of jealous. I mean, I'm a big dude and I wanted to go down them, but I don't think I was allowed to. So I didn't. Um, however, <laughs> I ran into a gentleman that I'd met about three years ago. Well, it'd be in 2018. So yeah, about three years ago. Um, and he taught the course for me prior to our changing the curriculum at RBLC. Mm-hmm. So it was him. It was, uh, it was, there's three, there's three primary guys that are civilians here at the Academy where I'll be going to school. And, uh, I ran in, I had I'd already run into the other two, but I hadn't seen this other guy. And it was just funny. He's walking across the field and he sees me and he just kind of stares at me. He's like, I know you, I just, I'm trying to place it. And I said, I said, that's fine. I remember. And I explained to him, hey, I was doing this, 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 and this. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I thought about was the birth child of this show. So this show, we didn't start doing this show until after we did the implementation and stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of things that created this show was conversations you and I had, conversations we had with uh, with Rick, 
the shows that we listened to and we were like, oh, that's a good show. The learning that I had here when I did those two weeks with uh, Gidry, I think that was one of those things that helped create this show. Like yeah. we, we, all the shared experiences we all had. And I, I mentioned that to him. I was like, you know, I said, I, I explained it. I said, we got a podcast now. I said, I, but I said, I want to thank you because I think a lot of what you and such and such and such and such, and I named off their names and I'm hoping to have them all on the show. Ed, I think I'm going to get interviews with all these guys because they're all great individuals, all retired star majors, um, now instructors or have different types of uh, jobs at the Academy. Um, but I was able to monitor and I watched them and listen to them. And then I can reflect upon what they said and then say something. Now, I'm not saying I was assessing their abilities, although mm. I was because he said <laughs> something to me yesterday that when we do an interview, when I do an interview, I'm going to bring it up. It was his assessment of himself, right? And I and then it it was his assessment of himself in correlation with his teams. Um, and... How do I, I want, so basically he said, I was a sergeant major that did X amount of years and never deployed. Well, it was because the deployment started right as he entered into the academy as an instructor and he retired out of the academy. He retired and didn't seek further on because he felt as if though he didn't have um, what was offered to the newer, younger generations who already deployed mm -hmm. one, two, three, four times. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, that is, I respected him just for saying that. He wasn't saying that oh, I just couldn't do it anymore. He was literally, he identified that and he identified the team and he was able to make a judgment call. And he said, you know what? It's time to retire. I thought, man, that you, too, sometimes too many people are too arrogant to say that stuff. Ed. Yeah. And I felt like that to me, you know, what are the things that I don't know about my people? All right. That's part of that assessment. Yeah. Well, if I've never shared that experience, it's not always as easy as people want to say it can be to share that experience of that, con like, for instance, combat tours. Um, yeah. And to be able to lead them through that, if you never did, and you got you got Schmuckatelli who's done it four times, and you're like, ugh, kind of knows. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could frame it in different ways. I'm not saying you couldn't go into it, or there's there's not a leader out there who's never deployed that couldn't go and lead it. I think they could. Yeah, I just respected him saying that and him be able to make that assessment. Um, but team assessments, Ed, team assessments, you've done it. You actually, didn't you teach a class on assessing uh, group dynamics? Uh, I'm sure I did. No, <laughs> no, yeah, with the, I mean, when the tile thing, the floor is lava tile thing. You remember that one? Yeah. The that exercise, lava, the icebreaker. Yeah, no, yes. we definitely, we've yes. done it. I mean, um, and, and it does let you assess how, who, who's going to take charge. So basically, you know, you've got these tiles. I don't remember the exact measurement, but small. And then you put the class on there. So like 15, 16 people and they have to go across the length of the hallway, right? Mm -hmm. They can't touch the floor cause it's a lava. Um, but, but they have to move the tiles. Who's a, who's the formal leader? Who's an informal leader? Who's trying to lay back? you know, and avoid the spotlight and let you assess those people in the uh, group. So useful mm -hmm. tool for that. Um, and then, you know, you can see when I always like to see, I always like to see a junior soldier who was more of the informal leader 
despite being the junior person in the class and a junior soldier, you know, a young junior sergeant E5 type. Um, those were always my favorite because then that tells you that they're not afraid of standing out and taking charge of a situation. So I thought that yeah. was a good assessment of them. And that's all we were doing, just, just assessing that's- our class. Yeah, and that's why I you know, like I related that, and I thought, man, that's that's uh, that's a good <laughs> point to take on that because you were able to make that assessment, but then I would say from that assessment, you were able to help them in those weaknesses for their own class building or their own form of instructing because you're gonna have the you're gonna have those who are um, mm-hmm. introverted, extroverted, and how do how does that introverted individual? Uh, open themselves up to the classroom in a manner that's yeah. conducive for learning. Right. Yeah. Um, well with that, Hey, you want to move on to this next one, man? Oh, this is lesson a good five. one. Brian. Uh, I so like this one. Lesson five is don't fear delegation. Uh, and it says that fear to ask the commander if they need help. So, you know, the, the reasons he gives really touch me. So assign, you're afraid to ask the commander or whoever, hey, do you need some help? Because you're afraid they're going to assign you something you really don't want. You don't want to do mm. They're going to ask you to be the unit prevention leader, you know, to conduct your analysis. You don't, that's something you know you don't want to do it. So you're mm-hmm. afraid to ask them for that delegation. Or they're going to provide hasty, unclear instructions. Now, that one I do fear. Um because you know you hey do you need some help yeah i need some help can you um just do this but there's nothing additional there's no extra guidance to it and it's kind of like you figure it out so those are a couple of reasons i know i've experienced for not wanting to you know to ask mm-hmm. uh, somebody senior to me i can tell you my current first sergeant and i are, are are close and i don't like to ask her if she needs help with something because uh, i mean one Part of the problem is I'm gone a lot, right? So I yes. don't want to get involved in something that I can't fully commit to because I am I might be gone. And now we're scrambling to find somebody to step in. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, sometimes it's just like, I don't know. You don't know what she's going to need help with. There's a lot of other people around. But I do support her 100%. So when she does say last minute or so, hey, I need help with X, Hundred percent, I got it. And what really sparked that conversation is I had called her. I called her, so she'd been first time for about four months, I think. Pretty new, and I hadn't heard from her for a mm-hmm. while. So I usually hear from her quite often. And I definitely called her and said, "Hey, how's it going?" And she's like, "Hey, what's up? What do you need?" And I said, "Oh no, I'm calling to make sure you're good and make sure you don't need anything. Like, do you need <laughs> help?" And she does. We have told yeah. her uh, the other uh, mass sergeant. We all worked together at one point. We've told her on several occasions, if you need help, we will help you. You just need to say, hey, I need help with these things. So there is a fear of what she would give me. I also know that you know she understands because for what I do, she used to be the uh, logistics planner. So for what I do when I travel, she used to travel with my team. So she understands the job and she understands the commitment but like little stuff, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Brian, I sat on that promotion board this last week that I talked about on the uh, previous episode. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was it was nice to watch soldiers try to learn ah. and to give them some advice and to try to groom soldiers. It it wasn't refreshing like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm a master. Like, here's what I got for you. You know, give some criticism 
and and guidance on like leaders books and stuff so um so that's one of the things it talks about and then the other thing with this one brian that makes it difficult right um is when they delegate right they still won't be evolved so this is this is one i know we're all guilty of you give this task you know i give it to schmuggatelli but i still want my hand on schmuggatelli's shoulder and he's yep. not doing it the way I would have done it. Now I don't like that. I want him to do it the way I want it done. You know, this mm. happens here in your household. This happens, you know, the wife cooks dinner. She cooks something you normally cook. You want her to cook it the way you cook it, not change it. So yes. that is a hard thing to accept. You want to micromanage that task, but hey, you give it to him because you're trying to gr- help that person grow, right? You're trying to right. get some leadership potential to show through. You gotta let them go, and and if they don't accomplish the mission, you need to be prepared to give them honest criticism, like we talked about yesterday on the uh, previous show during the assess yourself. You need to come back and say, "Hey, that that didn't turn out well, and here's what I observed, and here's how." Mm-hmm. A wise first one said, "Don't come to me with problems without solutions." Um, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I that's the other part of this. Uh, this this process, Brian, part of the problem with people fearing delegation, but there's no need to fear it. You should accept it. You should. And and hey, I'm yes. in charge. I mean, I want to do nothing more when you're E4 than you want to be in charge. You want to be the guy or the gal. Um, and then when you start being the guy and gal, you're like, I want to go back to not being. And then you grow and you learn your lessons, you learn your experience, and then you're like, no, I got this. Now, because mm-hmm. you I don't know about you, Brian. I took a lot of lumps when I first became a, a, a non-commissioned officer. I took a lot of thumps in the chest. And, and you were like, man, why did I do this? And then mm-hmm. and you had that moment one day you wake up and you're like, that's why I did it. Aha, I got it. So, yeah. So don't fear delegation, yes. Brian. What you got? I I think a, a good way to assess that part of a delegation, am I doing it right? Am I doing what I need to? Is what you brought up there when – you said some about uh, bringing problems with no solutions. Mm-hmm. I think when you've instilled that enough, right, and you you're doing it enough and doing it enough, and you delegated so much, you're not. I'm not giving anybody my responsibilities. I still have my responsibilities. I have to, but I I can give other people tasks that can associate to my responsibilities that I have to check up on. When they're coming to you with solutions to the problems that they've run into, and they're just wanting to run it by you. Now you're delegating properly. That's to me, that's my, that's my solution for that. That's my answer to that. Because, uh, I think in the beginning they're bringing you to, they're bringing you to problem because they, they don't quite understand the intent. Uh, I want to say, uh, in here, the, uh, the actual, he talks about it with the whole intent. Uh, he talks about, Developing a subordinate's capabilities and preparing them for the next level. Ooh. I often got frustrated when a commander would ask me to draft my award or OER. After all, that's his job. Why doesn't uh, he do it? Well, I agree with that to, to an extent. Uh, in time, I realized that I wasn't frustrated that he delegated the task to me, but didn't uh, use it as a development tool. Yeah. Uh, he would take my draft, edit it, and submit it as his work. 
he never took the time to explain how I could uh, have drafted it better, how to format certain things. So, and what I'm getting is, so somebody delegated, yes, they delegated writing their evaluation report. However, there should have been a follow-on training scenario. Like, so if let's say uh, you're writing, you're writing my NCUR for me, my evaluation. um, And you say to me, Hey, go ahead and write one out. I want to see what you come up with. (laughs) <laughs> then there should be follow-up appointment with you that you say, okay, so now I've taken, I've taken what you have. Here's your, here's the one that you gave me. And then you show me the one that you've created off of what I got. And then we talk about it and that creates that learning, that learning curve. But it, it wasn't <laughs> a thing where you were scared of delegating and I was scared of doing it. It was instead what that did is that, that backs, I think that further backed up Ed, the assessing of the team the assessing of self, you know, yeah. uh, that we already talked about. Those are the areas that, you know, uh, and the perspective, that's a big part of that, you yeah. know, allow me to write it. And then you making the correction, we're sitting there, we're evaluating these two different copies. They may have some of the same stuff, but there's two different perspectives here. And now what we're doing is we're creating that bond of leadership and subordinate type thing, leader, leader, subordinate type <laughs> Yeah. followership, you know, all that, you know, there's lots oh, of things yeah. we could go off of that. Um, I, I just found that, I found that funny when I started reading all that. Uh, well, what? The, go ahead. I find your whole discussion to be hilarious because I think I may even have talked about it on the show, but my first R when I was in the engineers told the XL, this is the worst NCOER I've ever read, sir. And then told me be in my office after the meeting. And I remember this day, story. Yeah, every day I had to bring him bullets for the next mm-hmm. section of the eval, and we went through them. He's like, that's trash. How can you make it better, though? How can you make it not be bad? Okay, we need some numbers. and So, yeah, so like you said, and then when you said at the end, you know, kind of building that, that bond, I still hear from him every once in a while, and I still would email him. And, I mean, he is the first one that was responsible for this episode, uh, now Sergeant ah, Major. Yes. Uh, I don't know if he's left being the commandant yet, but he was the commandant at Fort Hood, one of the large academies. Uh, so mm-hmm. everything Science you said likability. is exactly what he did. Yep. <laughs> yep. So was he the same? Was he the same one we've discussed before? Uh, the book was right here. <laughs> Three meters on. Yep. Yeah, he took mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's I uh, read yeah. it and I never got it back and then he ended up giving one back later. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So definitely yeah. uh the fear I mean I can understand too, especially being junior. I remember like you were afraid to be because it is a lot of responsibility, right? And and you know, the first starting to trust you to run a range. It's a lot of responsibility that they've delegated to you as a junior, but I mean put your ego away and ask for help and ask for guidance. Because then the range would go fan. I mean, my first range I ever ran was a nine mil range. We don't even, I don't even shoot nine mil. So it was like, uh, I have no clue. Now you got to go research, like, what's the qualifications? And so, yeah, it, it is a fearful thing, but it's, there's nothing to be fear, fearful of. Like, let it happen. And then at, on mm-hmm. the backside, you're going to be like, that was a win. You know, um, you're going to assess yes. it and you're going to say, I was successful. And, you get your comments about what you did wrong and right, and you move on. And I want to hit upon a key point that this author puts about delegating. 
and you're going right. to agree with this. I guarantee it. Uh, I want to read it, and then I want to hit upon it. Huh? All right. Let's do it. All right. Finally, a critical imperative of delegation is an exact deadline. Uh, holding subordinates to flimsy deadlines like next week is a is basically a recipe for disaster and frustration. Tell them what you want, how you would like to see it, and a defined date when you want the product due. It will save a lot of aggravation for both parties. Nothing, nothing <laughs> gets on my nerves more and say, hey, I need this, this done. And then we say, well, when do you need it? I'll just, you know, get to me whenever. Like, mm-hmm. no, whenever is not. That that means next year. I'll You won't ever see it. I, I, I will definitely say, and I can't remember, there was somebody I used to deal with in a previous unit. It may have been my last one. But they'd say, hey, need this turned in. And I would say, when do you want it? I need a deadline. Give me a deadline. Time, date, all yeah. that stuff. Because if you do not give deadlines, then how do they know what the standard is to even getting it done? They need yeah. to know, hey, this is what I need. This is what it needs to look like, sort of, because you're not going to give them all the rest, all the, you know, all the ingredients to the recipe. Let them put some of their own ingredients yep. in to develop their own type of leadership. Decentralized. Decentralized. Yep. Absolutely. But I think within that decentralized, you still have to have a date time group type situation. Like I need it done on this day by this time. And then that allows them to back plan. That's another form of, you know, understanding leadership is learning how to back plan. Uh, We may, maybe we'll talk about back planning more down the road, but a deadline is probably the most, uh, one of the most key individual portions of delegating. So they know what to do and when to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and I'm running into problem here. We're trying to do that with some of the stuff that we do with the units. The problem mm-hmm. is who's going to come over the top when they don't meet those deadlines. So for us, that's an issue. But yeah, you, you have to have you have to have a deadline because I'm like you, Brian. Oh, you just need it. No deadline. Get it when I get it to you. And I'm probably gonna forget. Yeah, I got more all. things on my plate. Yeah, I got a few other things going on. So yeah, I. Timelines, deadlines, uh, precise timelines, clear, concise instructions. Those are all crucial uh, to the delegation. And and for us, yes. for us who are going to be the seniors and are delegating it, that's what we need to keep in mind. If I can give you clear, concise instructions with a precise timeline, I'm making that subordinate comfortable with being the delegation that I'm giving him, whatever it is, the task. And then in turn, I'm also developing them and helping their professional growth. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just, it, but it's understanding that, you know, too, and looking at it. And I've had people where they'll say, hey, I need this done. I need, oh, by the way, I need it tonight before you go home. Like there's expectation management <laughs> that has to be involved with the delegating and the timeline and time yeah. management, all that stuff, talent management. I get it. Sometimes things are emergencies, but if everything's emergencies, nothing is an emergency. That's the yeah. way I've, I've, if everything's I mean, a priority, nothing's a priority. It makes sense. Um, and I, another thing, sometimes leaders, we get so, ver, so wrapped up in our talent management that what we do is we stare at all the talent or give all the jobs to all the talent instead of spreading the wealth, allowing all the other, everybody else be involved. And yes, developing exactly. the other talent. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, and it's no, looking for those that. it's looking for those weaknesses, Ed. It's looking for those those 
people who may be weak in a certain area and it allows them time to grow. And then we mentor them along the way. That's all part of defining your leadership to me. Yeah, um, I think so. I think that yeah. the other part of that is, you know, you may have that person who's not an assertive person and chases down the opportunity to show their talent. And yes. when you just give it to the same talent, you're not going to mm-hmm. find it either. You're not mining that talent. Like get that talent out of there. Let's find it. Let's mine it. And then next thing you know, that not assertive person turns out to be a star because yes. you found that potential. That uh, Now all you got to do is teach them to be more assertive. That's easy. That's not the hard part. But yes. you found that talent, that diamond that you mined, and you're like, okay, this is my precious now. Let's develop this diamond into something bigger. So, mm-hmm. you know. It, that reminds me of a guy that uh, I think he listens. He still listens to this show. Uh, Nick Ho. He's no longer. I don't think he's in the service anymore. I think he retired recently or was. Um, and great guy. Loved him to death. Go getter man. Uh, he was a he was a good technician. I think he was he was better than average technician. Uh, he was a decent leader. But what allowed me to really understand Nick and I think Nick's um, his assessing it from a leader's point of view. His greatest strength that I, once I learned it, I leaned upon it heavily was his networking ability. That guy could network with anyone. And it was just his ability to relate and to talk and to uh, share experiences, empathy. Charisma. I don't think, charisma. I don't think Nick had uh, a bone in his body that represented apathy whatsoever. He was. And, and I still love him to death. Uh, I think he's actually supposed to be taking a trip across the States. He's going to stop here probably on, on his way across the States. I know who he is. I, you do know? It? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, it's just, he was just good at that. And that to me, it's like, why not pair him up with somebody else who may not be so good at that? And then they can learn from him. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a big part of delegating to it is why don't we take, Somebody's strong point, somebody's weak point, put them together. We used to do it as instructors, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that we was did. easy. Yeah. When we were doing them, when they were going through their training cycles, we would put them up together mm-hmm. like that to try to assist in developing them more. Yeah. Yeah. Areas of understanding. All right. Ed, we are about to hit our last mm-hmm. and final point, our, our last and final area to help yes. define leadership. <laughs> Yep. I think if there's any areas of all the areas we talked about, this is probably your favorite. Um, it's kind of mine. I just, I suck at doing it all the time. I don't keep up with reading enough. Um, however, it's lesson six. I'm going to read the title, but I want you to take it from me after that, man. Cause I know you, right. you're looking up at your board, ready to say something. So lesson six is read, 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 and take time to think about it. What do you got, Ed? Read. read. Uh, so we, we actually talked about it on the previous episode, Brian, about this article. So read it, read yes. it to understand it, read it to take notes. There's read, read, read right there, right? So when yes. you read things, you can read things. And and so for me, I'm going to tell you, I am not a one-time read guy. If no. I'm doing something, it depends on what I'm reading. But, uh, you know, I was reading this book called Warrior Meditation. And it was different techniques. I have to read the chapter, then read the chapter to make sure that I fully comprehend the concepts and stuff. Um, So for you and your leadership development, first of all, you got to read regulations. And and this is more than military in your civilian sector. You got to read what's the guiding policies, what, what guides your organization, right? So you got to read that stuff, but you got to read it and you have to 
and understand what you're reading to enforce it. So when it says read, 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 and take mm-hmm. time to think about it, it's talking about digesting the information, helping your understanding. I mean, I've read, you know, I've read this book, this book right here, a simple read, by the way, not a difficult read, but I've read it twice to yes. make sure I understood it. Right. It's still tabbed from the episode. Uh, so certain things you, you have to read. And then the way things are written could cause you to have to read it an extra time. Cause I don't know how many times I've read Sun Tzu's The Art of War before I finally started going, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like, so as a leader who's developing, especially. You mean this you know, one? That's that's one of the ones, yeah. Uh, or this one, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, yeah, that's a prettier one than mine. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta read things. And, and I learned this is a soldier thing that I learned that you know it would transfer well into the civilian sector. But when you were coming up as a young leader, it was like, what's the regulation say? Well, what about this? What's the regulations say? So you have to dig in there and read these things to understand it. Because when you make corrections or you fix things, you can't just yes. say, well, that's what the regulation says. Because some soldier is going to say, well, which regulation? Why? Or <laughs> what, what does it say specifically? You know, So those are the things, especially now with these changes to like the grooming standards and stuff. You've got to read, 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 and make sure you understand what you're reading. And another way to understand your reading is, have a mentor, like have your own Brian, like I do, who you can discuss it with, who then gives you a different perspective on what you read that then defines who you are as a leader as well. So that's why, you know, I talked about Brian, I eat lunch with the first sergeant, I eat lunch with one of my mass sergeants, and we don't overly do the work thing, but we do talk a little bit about some of the issues at work because that lets us understand that, oh, did you see the email about x and we can have a discussion you know so it just helps you define your leadership you need to be a well-read leader i mean military leaders throughout the course of history have preached this and done this and have extensive libraries that they have read over and over so oh yeah mad dog (laughs) mattis is a great example of that that guy absolutely Yes. Um, so as you were talking, uh, you, and you were bringing Uh-oh. up books and stuff, and then I thought about, okay, a future show, got a future show that we're coming up with actually next week's show, and then it brought to mind uh, a couple books. But before I hit those two books, I wanted to hear your opinion on something. You talked about reading. Um, All right. I've been writing, like both shows, I've been writing notes down on the card to try to kind of keep me on track. Uh, you talked about reading, and then you talked about um, basically digesting it and, and, and all that are you a fan of writing in books? Like in the margin? Anywhere. In the oh, book. Yeah, Just write yeah. like you read a book and you're writing it. Yeah, writing I'm pretty in sure them. you'll find some stuff in here. Yeah. Dog gear. Okay, it. I, Listen, your pretty okay. pristine book is not serving a purpose. I got news for you. Uh, okay. It needs to be dog geared. It needs to have some kind of writing in it. Um, and I loved when we used to go to McKay's down in Nashville and I'd get a book and it had writing in it. And I'd like to read the other person's perspective on the same thing I'm yes. reading. So yes, yes, absolutely. You need to mark up your book. <laughs> I, so, and, and I'd seen, I can't remember. It was a while back. It was somebody said, there's two types of people. There's two types of people in the world who read books, monsters and, and those who read them and monsters are the people that write them up. I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure not. Uh, cause I write up in my books and the reason I brought that up, I, that one hit me hard because we're actually going to talk about 
happiness chemicals and how to get them. And as yeah. soon as I think about that, I think about these two books by Simon <laughs> Sinek, right? And I thought to myself, well, I had to, you talked about like I had to read, especially this one, this Leaders Eat last one. I had to read this one a few different times and just kind of like catch things. And then I listened to an audiobook and it was just, so I digested the information because when he gets to talking about the happiness chemicals in it, he goes really in depth in like oxytocin, serotonin, all those yeah. different things. And he goes almost into a scientific manner. And I'm like, well, I'm not as much of a scientist. I understand. So I had to relate it to things. But as I was going through and I was thinking about that, I was looking at it. And in this book, I can't, oh, it's not right there. There are chapters in this book where I have almost the whole chapter underlined, just just all the information. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my goodness. It, like, yeah, like where my bookmark is. I got this book, leadership bookmark. And in it, I've got like a whole section, a whole section just underlined of important stuff. You know, uh, it is imp- it is considered an acceptable business practice today to lay off people often ending their career, simply blah, blah, blah. It goes into that. And then he goes, can you imagine getting rid of one of your children because you made less money than you could uh, <laughs> expect last year? Like to me, it was like, I underlined that because I felt like that was an important high note to think about how we relate. And I could go back to when we were talking in the very first part of this this article, one of the things we uh, we talked about about perspective, and then asking the questions like use we had resupply, retrain, re, uh, refit, reassign, re, uh, release, and I thought about that in that he's talking about that that's that reassign that release point. Like, why are we giving somebody else our problem? Why are we why are not we working through these problems to you know help? keep these people you know he he goes into a lot of different examples of that but reading 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 is very critical to our understanding yeah absolutely it it is and and you let you learn from the past and lets you learn other people's perspectives on leadership that's the leadership books that you and i have read or shared i mean that's a big thing is you're seeing somebody else's perspective on different Mm -hmm. parts of leadership it's not just Brian with his blinders on, he's going, Oh, wait a minute. That does make mm-hmm. sense. You know? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading is always, I think just, it, it is important. It, it's a good, um, it's also good for like your mindfulness for you to relax and just not worry about all the woes of the day as much. Give you a few minutes of just your worry about the reading and, you know, learning something because, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of a key to lifelong learning. It is. Uh, so one of the one of the books I'm listening to on my uh, on my Audible is uh, it's actually called Influence the the psychological uh, the new psychological persuasion I think it is hold on no the psychology of persuasion and I'd seen it multiple times I actually have the book too but I just didn't take the time to read it <laughs> instead I just started listening to it and I I was actually listening to it on a bike ride um one, uh, not too long ago that I took and. It's just, it helps me understand, you know, inf- that's what our show is about. It's about influence, really, yeah. right? Yeah, you can be a leader because you have to be or because you're assigned that position, you're supposed to be leading, or you can just fulfill the role by influencing others to get the job done, you know, and uh, the Army's definition of leadership, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Motivation, direction. Yeah. You know, motivation, yeah, direction. Purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Purpose, direction, motivation yeah. to get people to, to do the task 
to accomplish the mission really is. I mean, that's not, that, I, I paraphrased it. However, it's still, that's influence. Yeah. I, inspire, you know, um, I can tell you through the whole, the reading, uh, I cheat a little by consuming audiobooks while driving or doing other hobbies. That's what he talks about in it. And I would say that I, I am now categorizing. I didn't before, but I also categorize listening to audiobooks as part of reading or part of my reading that I want to do daily. Right. Yeah. Um, and do I get to do it every day? No, but I try, you know, um, you should, and- cause you're not working. No. <laughs> <laughs> You are correct. There are things that I should be doing that I find myself sitting on the couch playing Fortnite with my kid. So, <laughs> but, but so, so reading is being, is that one, one of those additional things. So let's, I want to get into the conclusion of this and then we close out this show. All um, right. The conclusion of the entire article done by this individual uh, goes just as such. Leaders have a variety of individual strengths and their leadership style should seek to capitalize on what works best for them. Developing a list of questions can help shape how a leader thinks about leadership and act as a signpost to stay on track in difficult times. It represents personal values and creates a construct for continuous self-evaluation. These are mine. And these are the questions that we'd asked earlier, Ed. What is the other person's perspective? Uh, what have I learned from my leaders, good and bad? And I want to throw in their subordinates, peers alike also. Uh, where are my deficiencies and what can I do to improve on them? What things don't I know about my people or team? What can I delegate and how can I give, give clear, concise instructions on what I need? And then what am I reading and am I taking time to think about it those are great questions ed yeah uh but i don't think those are the all-inclusive questions i think there are multiple questions we can ask ourselves just guides there's guides to get you there exactly and i think i think getting to that point of knowing what the right questions are it takes some time ed it does take time. Yeah. Um, when we when we initially said something about this uh, before we started the previous episode, you had mentioned you said, "Hey, yeah, this is like these are great questions for a young junior NCO." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think these are the correct yeah. questions that could be uh, that could be posed either prior to attending like a basic leader course or even during the basic leader course to help them kind of develop that leadership because now they can reflect upon the past few years." But at the same time, I look at some of these questions, I think, as a senior leader, uh, looking, reflecting upon 22 years, you're 23, 24 years. There's questions in here that I love to ask myself and answer. And one of the big ones is like, what things don't I know about my people? I constantly want to ask myself, what don't I know? <laughs> what I need to know? You know, those are the things. Uh, your thoughts, brother, on this conclusion. Yeah, it's, it it was a good article, and it does work for juniors and seniors. I mean, it, the, nothing's going to be cookie cutter, right? Like, there's obviously no. going to be other questions, and maybe you know these six, and then maybe there's two more, or whatever. It's for you to develop that as a leader, though, because maybe somebody else looks at it and has a different perspective, and maybe assess yourself leads them to add another lesson to this list based off of mm-hmm. what they discover during the assess yourself. So. Uh, I think it is, it's, it's a good guide though. It is a good guide. And I think when you talk about defining leaders, so you got to define your leadership, you know, we, we just talk about leadership philosophy. 
And then I think uh, we might do yes. a thing on leadership styles maybe because I think that they all feed each other based off of your experience. So last week with Tom, you know, we, two weeks ago with Tom, we talked about the experiences driving that leadership philosophy. But I'm going to tell you, I believe that your experiences drive your leadership philosophy, which then drives your leadership style. And then defining these questions can help you figure all of that out. So, uh, yeah, it, this this feeds into kind of where we're at right now with the podcast. I will definitely be looking at it as a future show because I'm going. To, I wrote it down. Man. That's a good. That's a good idea, man. I like that. Um, but you know what I want to do, Ed? I want to hear from listeners. I really do. I am. I, I don't think we've given enough tasks. We're not uh, lately because uh, we, we're just trying to jump back into things. I want to hear from listeners. Uh, those of that are friends, family, uh, those that we've never really met that listen to the show. They answer a question. What's a What's a question that we could we could pose ourselves to help? develop our own leadership what's a question they may have that they may ask themselves that's different from what we have here or maybe it's a different spin on the question we already asked so what i would say is hey go to our closed facebook group add it to it (laughs) or you can send a message to ed and i or they can put a comment below uh, for this youtube video if they're watching of a question they would ask themselves right below yeah (laughs) maybe i'll put like an arrow in the in the video um below in the comments to kind of say, Hey, this is a question I would like, I, I asked, I've asked myself over the years, or I think would be a good question for others to ask themselves to help develop their leadership. And then what, what we're, what you look at this. So we kind of went backwards on this, right? We did like a back planning of like leadership in general. Yeah. So the last time when we, not the last, yeah. Two weeks ago when we were with Tom, <laughs> you said we did the leadership philosophy. Well, we, you got to develop that, but before you can do the, that, you have to you know, ask the right questions to kind of figure out what type of yeah. leader you are and want to be. And then you just brought up leadership styles. So you have to know different types of styles of leadership. For, well, we're going to talk about that and we'll reflect upon that. But uh, that's what I, I, I'd like to see uh, what people come up with, uh, with the task of what's a, que- a good question to ask to help me develop my leadership. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a good one. Ed, yeah, it is. Ed, we are done with our article that we uh we discussed over two shows now part one and part two um if uh people wanted to link with us they wanted to connect with us they want you know chat with whatever what is there something they can do or a place they can go to check us out <coughs> yes they can check us out on all forms of social media the instagram and the facebook on at 101 influence they could also check out the instinctive influencers podcast uh, website where Brian has the faces and the places and the episodes and all kinds of great stuff on there. So you can check us out there. And then of course, new to the team, you can check us out on YouTube. Please subscribe, leave some comments, <laughs> uh, be nice, but definitely subscribe to the channel and check us out there where you can find us uh, every week ish. Maybe not. Might have to release some without video, but for right now we're on the street. We're trying. So, yeah, we're on a streak, so we're trying. Check us we're out. Trying, we appreciate right? it. <laughs> so there's two things you can give on on the YouTube. One looks like this. One looks like this. We don't want this one. Okay, give us a thumbs up if you would if you're watching the show. Uh, just to kind of what that does is if you don't understand anything about YouTube, the more thumbs up, the more subscribes, things like that. It opens up to other, more people. That's kind of like how their mm. equation works, and we'd love to you know 
try to get more people to to get involved with this whole movement we do. Uh, other than that, Ed, I don't have anything else unless you do. I think that's it for me, Brian. I hear the dinner bells. <laughs> do you? I'm yeah. trying to move. So I got this outro thing. So, uh, but with that, I am Brian. And I am Ed. This has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Be a legend. Be legendary. I need paper now. Yeah. <laughs>